Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. We're back for another pop-up episode. TJ Pinger, Richie Barnes, and tonight from FSU Golf, Coach Amy Bond. Coach, how's it going tonight? It's great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, we appreciate you for coming on and hanging out and taking up some of your time. Um, Richie's the Richie's the golf the golf whiz on this show. We talked about it before the show. He's got a golf podcast. He does. Um, you can tell what our interests are. I have a bourbon podcast, so you know, very different. But um, <laughs> I'll start us off, and then I'll pass this to Richie, and then we'll kind of like uh, ping pong this back and forth. Um, we talked about Guthrie's before. You've had Guthrie's. Said that if you ever go back, it'll be double fries, no slaw. But what is your? We really don't um, toss softballs. We really do like the hard questions first. What is like your go-to? Well, you've been in Tallahassee for a while. What's like your go-to spot where like? You've either you're either celebrating or you've had a hard day or whatever, and you're just like, I've got to eat this. Like, I've got to have this right now. What's your talent? I got, I got two, to be honest. Bagel Bagel Go. is one of them. Yeah. Um, I have a bad obsession about Bagel Bagel and um, get the same thing every time. But my real go to is Sonny's, Sonny's Barbecue. Regardless, that's the place I'm going to go. I'm going to have some barbecue um, and just enjoy myself. Very, I mean, I, I grew it. up in Ocala, small town, so we're we're very minimal people. So you give me a sandwich and some barbecue, and I'm good to go. I love Sunnies. No, I I, I live in Lando Lake, so just a little south of Ocala there, so kind of close to where you were. But I'm with it. Also, I'm a big fan of Bagel Bagel too. For I'll let Richie wine and cheese. Now, but yeah, yeah, wine and cheese, no cheese. So that's, me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, Coach. Uh, just what's it like to, you know, uh, grow up in Ocala, so not too far from Tallahassee, play college golf at Florida State, and then come back and become the head coach for the women's golf team and find the success you found because that's that's just awesome. I, I love when the alumni come back. Oftentimes they go back and coach and things don't work out, but clearly it has with you. It definitely has. I'm, I'm certainly – I was blessed to be a student athlete here. I got recruited super late. Um, I didn't actually come on my recruiting visit until May 1st. Um, and the main reason I'm a knoll is Jamie Shoup. Um, I have a twin brother who was being recruited to play baseball at the same time. And Jamie told the golf coach, hey, he's got a twin sister. She hasn't signed anywhere. So um, Jamie Shoup is the reason I am a Seminole. So that's pretty cool. And, um, you know, very few people get to actually live their dream of playing golf, playing professional golf and then actually coming back and actually getting to coach at their alma mater. So I am blessed for the opportunity that Florida State has given me. Basically for 22 of the last 28 years, I've either been a student athlete, an assistant coach, or a head coach here. So um, it's unreal. I've been surrounded by some great assistant coaches. We've had success, but um, I couldn't have done it by myself. So I've had a lot of good people around me and a lot of great players who bought into our philosophy and have played well. And coach, going back to last season, you did some unprecedented things at Florida State, right? You had the team ranked number one in the country, uh, finished in the top 10, number nine at the national championships. We talked a little bit off air about how, you know, golf is so much different than a lot of different sports. Like, you know, with your team sports where everybody's competing on the course or on the field at the same time to where, you know, if, if you lose a game, you lost it, right? But in golf, it's different. If you get top five, but you outperform your ranking based on those playing against you. That's a really good weekend. Um, How hard is that for for normal fans to understand, but also how proud are you when you have a season like last year where you did reach number one in the country? 
Yeah, I mean, um, golf is one of those sports where you lose a lot more than you win. And so you got to take the small victories when, when you do it and kind of take those baby steps. Um, for us to win a regional last year, to be ranked number one with a team that didn't play in the fall. You know, COVID kept us from playing in the fall. So I had no idea what that team was going to do when we left for our first event. So for them to be ranked number one, three events into the, into the spring season was just amazing. And to finish one shot out of competing um, in the match play portion of the national championship in that top eight um, was disappointing. But at the same time, this is a team that accomplished so many great things. So it's our best finish ever. Um, in the NCAA world, we do have a, the women's golf team does have a national championship in 1981 in the NAIA. But it's uh, one of those things that I'm super proud of. And we do take the small victories. You know, if we are going in to a 15 team event and we, based on our ranking, should finish fifth, if we finish second, I'm thrilled. Um, again, it's it's finding the positives because in golf, you can certainly find the negatives. Absolutely. And, you know, j- just thinking about in Florida, you know, a lot of people call it the golf capital of the world and, and per capita. There's golf courses everywhere you go. Um, what's the recruiting like? Do you just find the the junior rankings and go from there? Because you've, you've had a lot of success with a lot of talented golfers. Uh, one we'll talk about a little bit later, Beatrice Wallen right now, right? Who, who's just phenomenal, who was an all-ACC golfer last year. Yeah, I mean, for us as, as uh, golf coaches, we do go off some on the rankings. Um, the other thing is we get out on the golf, golf course and watch them play. You know, we might go to a tournament to watch a particular player, and she ends up playing with another golfer that really catches our eye. So sometimes it's pure luck that you start watching these kids while others will reach out to us um, because they're interested in Florida State. I mean, that's the great thing about the name of Florida State is that a lot of kids funnel to that name. But um, the other kids, really, a lot of it's luck and then watching them play and seeing if they're what we want, you know, because their attitudes on the golf course play a big role in whether I recruit them or not. You know, golfers are known for their honesty and integrity and so I don't want to see any club throwing or um, bad language or anything like that. So the way in which they present themselves is a big deal. But we've been very lucky over the last couple of years to get some phenomenal student athletes from all over the world um, who want to be Seminoles. And we've built a great golf course and have a great facility. So those players, like Beatrice, came on a picture, you know, a drawing of what the golf course was going to look like. So we're we're thankful that um, she bought into that and wanted to be a Seminole. I'm going to pass the TGA in a second, and we're going to go a little off script real quick, but you talked about the integrity. I just have to ask you, did you see the conflict with Victor Hovland, Daniel Berger, um, and who was right there? Because obviously I'm going to take Daniel Berger's side every time. I thought it was a bad drop. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where the only one that really truly knows where it crossed is probably Daniel because he was directly behind that ball flight. Um, If you look at the shot tracer, it shows that Daniel started it left of the flag. Um, Do I think either or, right? I'm always going to lead towards Daniel. He's a Seminole. Um, And he's got a, he's got a pretty good reputation as far as knowing the rules and, and being honest. 
Um, I think the compromise was probably necessary because I think they could have stood there for another 45 minutes and discussed that. And I, I don't know that anybody would have won in that scenario. I thought both sides handled it appropriately um, where they had a discussion, decided, compromised and, and made the um, But of course, all of us, you know, backseat drivers here are criticizing where it should be, where I don't know that anybody truly knows where it last crossed uh, within the you know, on that exact spot, but I think they did a good job compromising and hopefully we can all learn from this to make sure that you keep an eye on your playing partners so that you can help them make the right decision when necessary. Yeah. I think Brooks would have waited 50 minutes just standing there if that were him. So go ahead, TJ. Yeah. Um, Um, talking about, you mentioned the golf course. Um, that's something that you guys are really proud of. We've talked with Trey about it. You know, I was talking with, talk about it before this, but can you talk about the new golf course there? I mean, it's not as new anymore, right? Like it's been around, you know, but it's still new to us, right? Like, so can right. you talk about the, uh, can you talk about the golf course a little bit and just getting that finished and um, yeah. we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. I mean, it, it actually turned two years old from the renovation um, on the 7th of March, but um, it's unbelievable. You know, I've been a part of three different renovations now or changes to the golf course uh, and, it's unreal what they've done with the place, what Jack came in and did. Uh, it's one of the hardest golf courses we play. And, and I, that's what I want for our players. If they, if their home golf course is extremely difficult, I want them to think going on the road each and every week, which is what we do is easy. So they can learn every single shot they need to hit in golf. They can learn at our facility and on that golf course. So I'm extremely proud as an alum that the administration um, and President Thrasher um, and the Board of Trustees allowed us to make these changes and, and spend the money because it has really not only added to our golf program, but I think also added to the community. Uh, a lot of people come out and play. A lot of people leave frustrated. Um, <laughs> is, is harder, but I think ultimately it's one of those things that we're proud of, and not only just for Florida State, but also the city of Tallahassee. But yeah will make you pull your hair out. Uh, <laughs> That'd be I'll me. Tell you one thing. If you can truly play from the proper tees, you know, we all get these egos of, I should play it further back and I should do this and I should do that. Well, if you play the proper tees based on your golf game, it's a lot more fun than trying to push it back and play tees you probably shouldn't. So I will encourage people to play the right tees because it's a lot more fun than, than being frustrated and, you know, making sevens, eights, and nines potentially. <laughs> <laughs> um, Richie mentioned this, but you do have an interesting perspective, and you just mentioned it too, being an alum. And um, there are other coaches that you know fit that mold too. We've, we've talked with Coach Wyckoff, we've talked with me, we've talked with different people that um, kind of fit that, right? And do you do you feel like? I mean, I don't know. What has that been like to see it from so many different time periods, right? Like you know, you you. I mean, you saw Bowden, right? Like, and then you've seen the basketball rounds and you've seen, you know, Mike Martin senior, and you've, you've just been there for all, you've seen it through the lean years. And so what is, I don't know, that's just gotta be such a wild perspective and a more interesting perspective than, you know, a coach that maybe is a little bit newer. Not there's anything wrong with them, right? You know, we can be pretty dumb yeah. to have a, an all alum staff, but talk about that perspective of just kind of being there that long and around FSU for as long as you have been. Yeah. I mean, when, when I came to school,
school, the book, it was the bookend of the national championships of 93 and 99. So having coach Bowden out at the golf course every day was great. He used to be able he just pull his car up on the tee box. We used to pull our cars up on the tee box. Um, you know, our locker room was in the bathroom of the bar, which was the only building <laughs> um, to, I was a part when the soccer program actually began, um, let alone now looking at it when coach Gregorian has taken over and become a national powerhouse um, to when the softball complex was right there at the corner of Lake Bradford and stadium and the foul balls used to come to the street. So also a part of the renovation at Doak, you know, when I first was a freshman, the back end of Doak was open. So it's so unique to me to see the different changes, not only on campus and with the programs, but also the city of Tallahassee, you know, the building of College Town, um, Coach Bowden leaving, having, you know, to me, I was so proud of the football program and the baseball program because we had the two winningest coach coaches ever. Um, wow. So about that kind of stuff and coming in now as a coach, that's a lot of pressure. Knowing, yeah. you know, you had that in Coach Renaud was still the volleyball coach and then came in. Um, with Sue coming in, it, it's unreal to see the coaches that have come into our program um, and our university who have been so successful. Um, it makes me want to be a better coach because they take the time, they talk to us. Um, you're talking about these people who have been legends in the game at the university that I got to go to school to and got to go to school at and now coach at. So um, the changes have been unreal to be able to say that our, our, our alums and our booster groups now believe in us and have put forth the money to allow us to be successful and have these great facilities, which recruit these kids. And these players now are unreal. All of these athletes, student athletes, I admire because the world has yeah. changed since I was student. Athlete. I didn't have social media. What, what the heck was Twitter and Instagram and all this? Um, heck, Thankfully, I, my, I didn't have Twitter back then. <laughs> yeah, my phone was was in a bag, like a, a zip bag, and my dad said, "Don't only use that in emergencies because it was like twenty dollars a minute." Yeah. So times have changed, but I am thankful to have been a part of all of this to see where we started and where we've come and the success of the program. Because you know, to be fair, I grew up liking that school down south. And um, I am so proud to be a Seminole and so thankful that God blessed me with the, the opportunity to be here because I believe Garnet and Gold, forget that other color, um, yeah. but Garnet and Gold's in my blood and I'm so proud of our university and our athletic programs. Yeah, we really appreciate that. And we, we've, we've really enjoyed um, getting to, to hear from folks that are in your situation, like Mike and like Brooke and just different people that um, – they're the same way. Like there's just a, there's a, there's a, like, I'm proud of my university because that's where I went to school. But like, if you were just doing something else, right. Like you'd be like, Oh, well, that's cool. You know, like I'm proud of FSU and I want them to win and everything and do everything. But it is, it is neat to hear that perspective of like, like you just said, a lot of pressure, you know, like, you know, other people have talked about that too. Like, yeah, I'm coaching around national champions and this, that, and the other. Um, I'll pass this back to Richie, but you mentioned him. So I like to ask everybody that, you know, was around him or just kind of, um, knew him or got to see him and hang out with him. Can you, do you have a good coach Bowden story? I mean, I'm sure you've got a million of them, but uh, do you have a co good coach Bowden story or just, you know, I mean, we can talk um, about that, all night, right? Impact. And stuff, but. Yeah. 
I mean, I think the great thing about Coach Bowden is you knew when football season ended because he would immediately be at the driving range and I <laughs> walking out there. And we, he, we had, he had his own den caddy that had Coach Bowden on it, and he would lay out piles of balls. So he would have – it was probably 10 to 15 balls in a section, then 10 to 15 more, and he had them – there was probably – 12 different piles. And what I realized is he went through his entire bag. Um, so he would hit 10 to 15 balls with his witch and 10 to 15 balls with his nine iron, eight iron and worked all the way up to his driver. And it just showed me that why he was a successful coach because he was yeah. methodical, he was organized and he knew he had to get better. So he would, it was a hundred. I mean, this was a, kind of an April slash May day where we got that unusual heat and he is just sweating. He's got a towel in his back pocket and he's balls, hitting balls, hitting balls, wipe his face, hitting balls, hitting balls, hitting balls. And he would take about a two minute break to have some water and then he'd get back at it. And I think he spent two and a half hours out there just hitting balls. So to me, that was pretty special to watch him do it. Nobody bothered him because it was coach Bowden and you knew he was, doing his thing, but um, he was always extremely generous with his time with us. So if we said, Hey coach, can you talk to a player? You know, he would take the time to do that, but um, he was also there to do his work. So one of the things I'll always remember, um, I know Trey's got some great stories about him driving up on the tee boxes and stuff, but um, he was always very respectful of the game of golf. Um, He loved it. And we appreciated the fact that he would always come out and take the time to talk to us. Yeah, it's awesome. Love love hearing that. It's always a red flag when someone shows up and hits like five balls with the driver and goes to the first tee. So I'm glad to hear that coach <laughs> uh, knows, knows what he's doing here. Um, but, you know, staying on the football topic somewhat, you know, uh, we had a tight end here, a guy named Nick O'Leary. Uh, any Florida State football fan knows his grandfather, Jack Nicholas, obviously. Um, I grew up with Tiger. Tiger's forever my goat. But Jack, I will never argue somebody who says he's the goat. Um mm-hmm. he, being the guy that designed the course, did you get a chance to spend any time with him? And just what was that like? Cause he just seems like the salt of the earth type of person. Yeah, it was, I did get to spend some time with him, um, spent a whole afternoon with him riding around the golf course as he's kind of designing it. And it was amazing to see his vision because yeah. he's at a clump of trees and going, Oh, I see this going you know, this way, right to left. And I'm like, that is a bunch of trees. That's all I saw. So you know how good he is with his designs and things like that because he has that vision to see where things go. But I will tell you one thing. He is the salt of the earth. He was very generous um, in explaining certain things to me. And because I don't know that kind of that, you know, I'm I'm the golf coach, not the designer. So was very generous in his time with not only me, um, but also with our players. He stood in a circle with our players. He had about half an hour one day, um, and he stood there and answered all of their questions. And before we knew it, an hour had passed, and he was not even bothered by the fact that he was late to where he had to be. Um, But super generous with his time. We appreciate his affiliation with Florida State. Um, You know, he – Nick can play pretty good golf. He's a pretty good golfer himself. Um, we got to spend a little bit of time with him at um, at the Bears Club, actually, when we had a little get-to-get down there. Um, but, again, 
I would have loved to have seen Jack in his prime play golf. He still he was still pretty good in his eighties, um, or still is pretty good in his eighties. But um, you know, I appreciate the fact that he would not only share his vision of what he had for Florida State and said it's a gorgeous piece of property, um, but also that he would spend the time with the players and answer whatever questions they had. Yeah. And, and coach, my favorite Jack story. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but is right before the 2013 football season, obviously Jack is an Ohio state alum, right? He was talking to urban Meyer and uh, he told urban, he's like, I already bought tickets for the national title game. And urban's like, Oh, I appreciate it, but you don't get ahead of yourself. He's like, listen, urban, I didn't buy them for you. I bought them for Florida state. And it's always <laughs> my favorite Jack story awesome. because of his grandson. And it sure enough, Florida state went out there and won the national title. So go ahead, DJ. Oh, he had it way before I did, but I will say I called it, after that game against Pittsburgh, like I said, I said, James is I'm like, I'll go find the tweet. James is winning the Heisman and we're not losing another game this year. Thank God I was right. <laughs> but, oh. yeah, I mean, that was the only, I actually flew out to California for that game. My one and only oh, awesome. game. I was like, how many more opportunities am I going to get to see this um, yeah. so out there and enjoyed every minute of it after yeah. the, of course. I was gonna say I was walking around like a kicked puppy dog <laughs> around the concourses of the Rose Bowl, and some guy like even noticed. He's like, "Dude, are you okay?" And I was like, "I just spent a lot of money to come out here and watch this." <laughs> and he was just like, "We're gonna be fine. We're gonna be fine." And again, thank God that guy was right. So, um, talk to Sorry. us about. I like your visitor there. I love yeah. dog podcast. So this he heard me talking about puppy dogs. Pro, pro dog so he, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He heard me talking about puppy dogs. I was like, oh, what was going on here? So um, talk to us about this year's team. We talked about it off air. Won the Moon Invitational, finished third last week at Augusta. Um, you know, after a really good year last year, what are, talk to us about this year's team and just kind of, you know, I mean, expectations are, are, you know, what they are. But how do you feel about this year's team? What, what excites you? And, what can fans kind of look forward to? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this year's squad. Um, we returned everybody from that from last year's team. Um, and having Beatrice return and not turn pro is, is a big deal because that, you know, with golf, there's no substitutes um, in regular season. There's no timeout. So you hope that, that the five players that you, you put on the golf course each and every day are ready for whatever's thrown at them um, at that time. But I'm, I'm excited about this group. We've got three players at the top that have been playing extremely well. Um, they're actually three players who are ranked in the top 50 in the world, which is a big deal. Um, Bia's at number five. Charlotte's at, at number 50. And uh, Amelia, I believe, has just popped in at number 49. So um, three players at the top who have consistently been in our lineup. Um, our four and five player are kind of – it's the first time in a long time where we were kind of – intermixing some so we can take the player who's ever playing the best that particular week. So L Johnson has popped out as our number four um, from South Carolina and, and didn't get much play in her first three years, uh, our first two and a half years. So it's exciting to, to watch her. And um, we've got three players really battling it out for the fifth spot in um, Kayla Williams, a freshman, um, Alice Hodge, a sophomore and uh, CC Phillipson, who is a transfer uh who's a junior. So I'm cautiously optimistic about this group, you know, as coaches, we got a long, I got a long season kind of left ahead of me, but what I've seen so far to get the win at the moon was huge. Um, when there was eight teams ranked ahead of us, um, we finished second at our home event, a little disappointing, but 
I booked two tournaments in the same week. So that's on me uh, where the kids coming <laughs> down the stretch. Um, but third at Augusta, I'll take, and I'm excited to go to Clemson. But I think the biggest thing for this group is we need to stay patient. Um, we have a little bit of unfinished business from a year ago. So it's difficult at times to not go ahead and look forward to the national championship, but you got to get there first. So we're really focused on one shot at a time and, and so far so good that that's working. Um, but there's a lot of golf left, but I think the big thing is it's going to be exciting. You know, golf, is one of those sports that you don't know what's going to happen week in and week out. So I think for us, we've done a very good job of, of being successful and kind of flying under the radar a little bit. So I'll, I'll keep that up until we get, you know, to the national championship and, and see what happens that week. But I think it's really important that we stay in the moment and, uh, but people should be excited about us for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Coach. And, you know, we've had Michael Alford. I think he holds the record for appearances on this podcast. And it started when he was uh, the CEO of Seminole boosters. Everybody knows what it means to football, right? And men's basketball, but booster support touches every student athlete across every sport, men and women's. Um, what does it mean to you and your players? Because obviously you've built a very successful program and that those athletes would not be coming to Florida state without the support of the boosters. hundred percent. I mean, we couldn't do what we do without the support of our donors and, and boosters and even our alums, you know, it's, for us, it's as small as um, opening up their doors on the road for a, for a dinner. But um, what the donations and the the money has done for us has allowed us to build this great facility off outside of the golf course. You know, that's together with the kids can practice on it each and every day. But with golf, technology has come so far that it's allowed us to buy some things um, in the in the technology world that have helped the players get more comfortable in their golf swings um, and knowing what their swing paths are going to do and things like that. So for us smaller sports, it's a big deal um, because it's allowed us to do the little things um, that help our players become more confident in who they are, which allows them to play good golf. The, the golf course and the facility are like giving the kids confidence and the ability to bring in either specialized coaches, sports psychologists, whatever that may be, play um, an unbelievable role these days. I mean, for us, it's it's not everything that happens on the golf course. It's what happens off from a, from a personal perspective, from a confidence perspective and things like that. So um, to me, every little bit helps. And it's alums and the boosters that allow us to do what we do, um, which is build – build strong programs, but also more importantly, build strong. Yeah. And you mentioned the support of the alumni, which I, I love the fact that, you know, uh, telling the whole story, you know, Brooks Kepka, obviously phenomenal athlete flew out, you know, John Pock to receive the Haskins award. And then you see John Pock at Beatrice Wallen's events, supporting her, his girlfriend. It's just cool. I, I love the little fraternity we have there. Um, and, and I just have to ask you, you know, obviously the players was this week. It was wild with the weather, the delays, everything. But Monday evening for me, coming home from work and getting to see that was such a treat. Just real quick, your thoughts on Cam Smith. He wasn't aiming for the pit on 17, right? He pushed it right, but he it worked out. And then 18, he goes in the water. And then he has a 57-yard pitch that he just sticks right next to the cup. What were your 
as a golfer yourself, because I'm a golfer, but I'm not any good, right? If I shoot 84, I'm happy. Um, but seeing a guy hit that shot on 17, go in the water on 18, and recover the way he did, how difficult is that? Because I was watching, and I could not believe it. It was unbelievable drama. Well, it was huge drama. I mean, from start to finish with that tournament, but he had to be on a roller coaster like this because he hits the great shot on 17, and then he – probably gets a little too greedy on 18 and that ball ends up rolling in the water. So then he's got to regroup. But the one thing that I noticed about Cam Smith really throughout the week, and even the commentators talked about it, was his ability to scramble and make putts and make shots when he needed it. I mean, he hit some unbelievable shots around the green and some putts that saved par kind of earlier in the round. Um, as he was, I mean, he didn't make that many pars all day, you know? So it's one of those – I'm I'm a firm believer that when it's your time, it's your time. And clearly it was his week to win. It was exciting, though, because there's so many people that were in the mix here and there with the crazy weather and, and things like that. But um, I thought it was fun to show everybody that you don't have to hit it 40 miles to play well, that if you can chip it and putt it, you've got a chance. So um, I, I like that part. And I like that he had to knock it close on the last hole and, and, and scramble and get away with bogey, which um, I saw a couple people do. But these guys are so good that it's it's unreal that he was able to do that. Last thing I really have, um, and then we'll let you go. We really appreciate your time tonight, is you were talking about recruiting a little bit earlier um, and, you know, kind of the – we've talked about this with several sports, kind of the logo – somewhat helps in recruiting, right? Like it's a little bit easier because the logo kind of at times recruits itself, but you know, you certainly have to do work, right? Like it's not just like, Oh, I'll show up with an FSU shirt on and everything's done. How much do, do, does the recent success of Brooks and Daniel and even John and Beatrice, how much does that help recruiting uh, right now? Just overall for FSU golf in general, for both, for both programs. I mean, I think the big thing, a lot of kids these days, they want to be professional golfers. You know, 10 or 15 years ago, you had the, the, the player that wanted to come to school and use golf as a way to get their education and then go out into the, the business world. But the kids these days really want to play professional golf. So the more success we have at the professional level shows these players that, you know, they are getting better here. You know, that they use college golf to learn the skills to make them good professionals. So it helps tremendously. You know, on the women's side, we just had Matilda Castron qualify for the Solheim Cup last year, and she was the winning putt for Team Europe. Well, she's a Florida State alum. Um, we've got Bia that's playing well. Um, we've got two other players that have just gotten their tour cards this year, and Amanda Doherty and Morgan Matro, who are rookies this year. Um, and Frida Schenholt is right there with conditional status on tour. So um, it plays a huge role. As women, we're trying to keep up with the men because Brooks and Berger and Jonas have all done an outstanding job over the last couple of years um, in putting Florida State golf back on the map because um, it's been a while, you know, since Jeff Sluman is now playing on the senior tour. Um, and for us, Jane Geddes and Colleen Walker are people that these kids just don't know. So the, the, the recent success is huge for us because it allows um, the high schoolers and the juniors to really see that um, Florida State does have a good golf program and, and can help them achieve their dreams. 
And it, it can't hurt having Zinger on the call every week, right? Because uh, how cool is that, that the voice of golf is a Florida State guy and Paul A. Zinger, who I've luckily had the pleasure to meet, super nice guy, and just a great representation of Florida State golf. Yeah, it's great. I mean, he ran into one of our um, girls a couple, I guess it was last year, on the driving range, and, and he was like, do you know who I am? And she was like, no. But <laughs> um, so it's one of those things that that is great to have him on the call each week because, you know, he did spend some time here at Florida State and got Karen Stupples, who's now doing stuff. And, and she's a Florida State girl as well. So it's nice that some commentators can give Florida State some love because um, you hear a lot of other schools from time to time. So it's nice that we that Florida State can get some love on national TV from time to time. I remember the Ryder Cup when Berger and Brooks won their first match and Zingers like Florida State with their first win of the season when our football team was only yeah the time. oh geez. I thought that was awesome killing me Richie <laughs> um that was funny though it hurt but that was funny no but I do agree it is cool when those people are calling it. like you think about like you know there's some baseball stuff that goes on um so anyway you, it, it's cool when it's our guys right like no matter what they end up doing it it's cool when it's our gals but it's good when it's our our folks doing it coach we appreciate you a ton for for taking some time and chatting with us tonight we're excited for the rest of the year um i'm like t- every day like i'm usually like texting richie like here's the you know here's the link to the it's really Golf easy to follow like the stat <laughs> stat trackers are really really easy but then you get like later in the year and you can actually like watch some of it which is kind of cool but um you know, we're excited for you throughout the rest of this year and, and we'll be cheering you on uh, the rest of the way. And again, can't tell you enough how much we appreciate all that you do for FSU, but, you know, especially hanging out with us tonight and having a few laughs. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I mean, this has been a great night for me. Um, get your refresh finger ready to refresh on Golf Stat because I think a lot of good. <laughs> um, I'm so impatient with it, too. It, it definitely, it like refreshes on its own. I don't even care. Like, I still hit reload. I'm so impatient. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you from time to time. If I'm if I'm watching something or need to figure it out, I'm like, if I'm watching, hurry it up. It's crazy, but I do need to say one thing. I we won the AIAW national championship. I said NAIA, but you know, there's all those letters. But you know, let's just do an NCAA one, and then we won't even worry about. There we go. But no, seriously, it's uh, I appreciate what you guys do for us and, and appreciate being on the show tonight. And it's been enjoyable. I like it. So it's always yeah. good to laugh and, and um, you know, appreciate the opportunities we have here at Florida State for sure. Yeah, no, well, we appreciate it. And if you need anything from us, please let us know. If you need us to save you a gut box or reserve you one, we're, we're I actually spoke with Guthrie's today. We're having a tailgate for the spring game. I noticed you guys are off. You have a little time off before the ACC, so you can come get some fried chicken for the uh, for the spring game. You can swing by. I will do so. that for sure. It's <laughs> rare for the spring game, so I'm definitely planning on on going. So I'm going to take you guys up on that for sure. <laughs> cool. Well, we appreciate, it. Coach. Good luck the rest of the way and going holes. Thank Thanks, you. Coach. Go Noles. Coach Amy Bond of FSU Golf. Um, Ton of fun. I, that makes me want to go play a little bit. I mean, I, Richie, you kick my tail if, if that was to happen, but we can go to Top Golf or something soon. We'll meet over there. And then I won't feel so Yeah, bad. we can bring the wives. <laughs> like my, my wife's never played a round of golf in her life, but she loves Top Golf and she's pretty yeah. good at it. So, yeah, yeah, it's a family fun event. Love it. Yeah. Well, we appreciate Amy. Um, 
absolutely for coming on and hanging out tonight and chilling with us for a little bit and sharing some laughs and um trying to talk a little bit more about their program and the things that they have going on. So you can get more information by following them on Twitter. It's just FSU golf. You can also check out Seminoles.com and uh, go to the golf page and get more info there. All right, Richie, I'm done with pop-up episodes this week. I'm literally doing nothing for the next several days, except for sit on my couch and watch college basketball. So I'm excited for the tournament. Um, Appreciate you guys for hanging out. We'll be back on Sunday with our regularly scheduled program. Uh, Until then, though, go Knowles.